0: Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, and I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related. Curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you want to hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, I am back, not recording in my minivan today, but instead with a friend of mine here from Minnesota. Um, So I am interviewing people again. This is exciting. Uh, Today I have Joe Ramstad here, and he is a first year agriculture teacher here in the land of 10,000 lakes, great Minnesota. Um, So I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit. Yeah,
1: so my name is Joe Ramstead, as Hannah said. I'm from Staples Motley School District in Minnesota, which is about uh, two and a half hours northwest of the Twin Cities. And um, I grew up in Forest Lake, Minnesota, which is a suburb of the Twin Cities. And Hannah and I actually grew up in the same town. So I went to high school in Forest Lake and then graduated in 2015, and then uh, found my way down to the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. this last um spring i graduated i student taught in the school district i'm actually working in right now so that's been a lot of fun and very rewarding so um yeah
0: so my first question is if you have any um like ties to agriculture before you got to high school
1: Yeah, so I actually didn't have any real ties to egg except for being a consumer and enjoying meat and dairy products and cereal and everything, but um, I actually just got thrown into an egg class my freshman year of high school, and um, I wanted to be there, but my mom told me I needed to switch out and take the art class or take the woodshop class or whatever, but I stayed in it, and I didn't tell my mom about it, and she got pretty upset at me when she found out I was in um, an egg class. Because I went behind her back and got in a little bit of trouble there, but I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I stayed there because it obviously made a huge impact on my life and uh, my career choice. So,
0: what was the first class? What uh, was intro first? to Egg. Intro to so, Egg. So, and
1: it was with uh, Miss Tazzle. She was the new Egg teacher, Ooh. and um, <laughs> the first day of class, we were talking about making ice cream and doing all this fun stuff. So I'm like, "Yep, this is my class. I got to stay here." So,
0: oh, that is classic. That's like <laughs> such a good Egg teacher story. Yeah, <laughs> roping in the kids. Um, Okay, so you said that was in high school when you first started taking agriculture classes. Tell me a little bit about your um, experience in high school with um, agriculture and FFA. Yeah,
1: So right after that intro to A class, I became really involved in FFA. She actually gave us some extra credit points for doing some FFA activities. In the first meeting, there was hot dogs and hamburgers and five extra credit points. So I was like, might as well take that take her up on that, and i 'm doing that with my students now when it 's working so uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I got pretty involved, sort of going to meetings, became a chapter officer, um, did a variety of different contests learned the creed, did parley procedure, dairy judging like. A lot of my favorites that I love coaching now as a teacher are ones that I started as a freshman in high school and um, from there I continued to be an officer and being very involved in FFA, um, got a bunch of skills, went to the ag policy experience and summer camps and just really um, diversified my background of agriculture and became a um, much better communicator for agriculture knowing where my food comes from. Um, I also got a supervised agriculture experience SAE project uh, my junior year of high school, where I taught a night class and I was able to kind of apply some of the things that Wait, I- <laughs> Wait,
0: You just throw it out there that, like that's not a big deal. You taught yeah. a night class? For yeah, who?
1: for um, the community ed. So we, I just opened it up to kids who wanted to like, learn about agriculture, but didn't have time in their schedule to take a class. So <laughs>
0: so cool. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun. And um, I'm really grateful that my ag teachers were able to support me and give me some lesson plans and things I could use with the students to engage them. And that experience really solidified my desire to become an egg teacher. So
0: dang <laughs> that just gets me thinking like i have a lot of kiddos um in st paul and we are like conundrum is what kind of essays can they do like what a great essay that's a fabulous one mm-hmm. that makes me excited <laughs> yeah it was a lot
1: of fun and we were able to kind of tweak it a little bit too and um we did a science fair project with it so we, we tested students like ability to retain information with different teaching methods. And then did like a pre and a post test and then measured what teaching methods were the best for retaining. So that was
0: for agro-science yep. for them?
1: Mm-hmm. So then we did that. Um, I did that my junior year going into my senior year of high school. And then my senior year, I continued just doing the night class. And um, and then eventually in college, I still liked teaching. So I was a teaching assistant and um, did a bunch of different TAing for different classes. So <laughs> it's been in the works for a while. I love teaching, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Um. Yeah, you're like the dream student for an agriculture teacher, <laughs> like just diving in head first, what can I do? That's awesome. That's so cool. So thinking about um, high school, what was one of your favorite classes?
1: I really <laughs> liked our um, College of the Schools Animal Science class. Yeah. It wasn't really taught like my ag teacher taught it, but it was like a University of Minnesota class and we got... Uh, four college credits for doing it and that was that was a lot of fun it was pretty hands-on even though we didn't have like a farm at our school um, we got to go down to the U and work with the animals there and we learned like anatomy and physiology at school with some repro tracks and things and so that was fun and I also really enjoyed our leadership class and we could take it as many times as we wanted and um, we basically the class just was divided up into committee groups and one group worked on like the FFA banquet one one group did like egg education one group did um, like the veterans Day program like different things mm-hmm. that the FFA or AG program had going on throughout the year and then we would just kind of reflect on our group work process and have discussions and read Habitude images and kind of it, kind of tied all together pretty nicely and I really liked that class so
0: yeah those are both that I actually took <coughs> as well in fort or at force like and really and I would say those are probably two of my favorite that stick out the most <laughs> I also TA and I very much enjoyed that cuz then that was like my time to go in the greenhouse and like take care of everything um but yeah those are good times (laughs) (laughs) um so what made you decide that you wanted to go to the University of Minnesota
1: I think a big factor was that two out of the three of my egg teachers were from the U of M Twin Cities (laughs) and so they kind of me the ways of Aged and I really enjoyed it so I figured I kind of want to be like them and so University of Minnesota uh, Twin Cities was where I ended up and um, our state F of A convention is at the U of M Twin Cities and I got to know some of the professors there and I got to do some of the like I said the college and the schools labs there and I felt really home at the campus and I knew we had to go over to the big scary Minneapolis campus once in a <laughs> while but um, the St. Paul campus I knew most of my classes and things would be over there and so I enjoyed that um, some of my friends in FFA too were also in like a fraternity farmhouse fraternity on campus mm-hmm. and I got to go tour with them and it just really felt um, at home so.
0: Yeah. So thinking about college what are some of like the uh, experiences at college that ha- have helped you the most in your first year of teaching?
1: Yeah. I would say just being involved in a variety of different organizations like Farmhouse and the Dairy Club and Egg Egg Club, just was a way to build relationships but also get some leadership positions and um, also one of the things I really enjoyed about college was being a teaching assistant so I TA'd an animal biotechnology class and animal physiology vet science class a leadership class like a bunch of different classes and I've been able to kind of take out some different lessons and activities from the college level and tweak them to meet a high school audience and um, challenge some of those kids who are college-bound um, and push them a little bit further and give them some of that college level material um, in a high school setting. So that's been really rewarding and a lot of fun. And I encourage like anyone who's in college, just pursue an opportunity being a teaching assistant because you'll build your skills and you'll build connections and it's very helpful.
0: Yeah, I, so I always think about like, gosh, if I could just go to that, back to that college class now after having taught for a few years and like... (laughs) take in what they were teaching me and then figure out how to flip it or like pare it down a little bit so i could deliver it to a high school audience like i always think about about that like how would college be different if i went back and took the same exact courses now after teaching Mm -hmm. for a few years so kudos to you for already doing that and putting that to you so that's like the one thing that i always think about is how can i how can i do that um, so, what's your, like you have talked about leadership, and you've talked about animal science. Are those kind of like your two wheelhouse areas? You would say that you're most comfortable with, or what do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, leadership, egg business. I really like egg economics and that kind of area. And animal science are probably like my big. Um, strong suit areas at the moment but obviously like my my area of the state it's a lot of natural resources and fish and wildlife so I'm going to appreciate that right now as a teacher and one thing I really enjoy about my job at Staples is um, it's very different than from what I'm used to in Forest Lake and from the U of M um, in terms of like the type of student I'm working with but also their interest area so I like to kind of gather what they're interested in and what they know and kind of bring that to the table and kind of let them teach me a little bit too along the way mm-hmm. um so that we can all kind of learn together so
0: yeah. so what classes do you teach up at Staples?
1: Yep, I teach a lot right now. Um, throughout the year, I have uh, 13 different preps, oh, so I have no that's classes. It's not even
0: nice to not even <laughs> take out the first year teacher part. That's yeah, not even nice. Oh. It's,
1: it's interesting. I, um, 13? Yeah this, oh, yeah, this year I do, and then we have a rotation, so next year I'll have like four different classes, but... Um, I teach small engines, welding, advanced welding, natural resources, advanced natural resources, vet science, work-based learning, a um, whole gamut. So Yeah,
0: that's a lot. That's a lot. I have six preps right now throughout the whole year, and I even feel like that is me running around with my head cut off a little bit but it's a
1: really good challenge i (laughs) i enjoy it and it's a lot of fun and it's cool to have that much diversity because then kids can take as many classes with you as they want pretty much so yeah um,
0: what's your student population i mean how many kids do you have at staples
1: there's between 95 and 110 in each grade and our school actually just turned to a 512 building which presents an interesting opportunity for me as a 512 license for egg ed, oh, yeah. so I can teach middle school egg. So I've been teaching this year. I developed a seventh and eighth grade um, intro to mechanics class in and seventh and eighth grade intro to egg class that I've been kind of teaching throughout the year. So um, that's been a lot of fun. And I love working with that group and getting them excited because I'm the first elective teacher they get to see. Um,
0: oh, that is such so, a good opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Um. So this is my own personal opinion but mm-hmm. I really dislike teaching middle schoolers <laughs> how do you feel about it
1: I enjoy it I enjoy the spunk and energy that they bring I yeah. think a lot of the high schooler kids especially with me coming into a program with the teacher that's been there for 30 plus years yeah. um, they're just kind of too cool for some of the things that I do and I like a lot of technology and hands-on moving like get up and yeah. look silly, play games, that kind of thing. And a lot of those high schoolers are just too cool. But the middle schoolers, if you get them on the right day, they go along with it and they think it's the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. One example is we just did a beef jerky lab in my middle school class. And yeah. they basically were in groups and they gave them a bunch of ingredients and they had to like weigh out and calculate the nutritional value of this beef jerky that they were making. And the kids got oh, right into fun. it. They were like mixing it with their hands and putting in the jerky gun and shooting it out and they had no problems with it. But I can guarantee you if I gave that same labbed in my high school kids, they yeah. were like, I don't want to touch the meat, that's gross, and yeah. things like that. So but yeah. if you're excited about it, those kids generally rise to that match it, which I really like it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. We have been talking a little bit about trying to figure out how to engage that middle school audience as well, because I think that is, um, as an agriculture teacher, that's probably something... That we want to be thinking about is like what is the feeder to your program and mm-hmm. like you said at your school you have a nice opportunity being all in one school but
1: mm-hmm.
0: at highland we're trying to figure out like we have the middle school connected and then we have another middle school that's separate that feed into our high school but how oh, can that's we, tough how can we you know get those kiddos who really don't have too many elective options and provide them with some of that agriculture before they get to us so mm-hmm. that's awesome and kudos to you for 7th and 8th graders. <laughs> They're a rowdy bunch. Um, okay, so career development events. You have one team that's already going to nationals, mm-hmm. um, agriculture communications. Uh, and then do you have any other teams qualified for state at this point?
1: Yeah, we have a general livestock team. We have a milk quality team. We have a soil judging team. And I believe that's what we have right now. So
0: Okay, Um, So, I'm curious about Agriculture Communications and what that looks like. So, you had a fabulous team put together, and I'm just saying this from my kiddos that competed along with your kiddos, Um, but I'm curious, if someone is new to Agriculture Communications, what does it look like to prep your kids for that contest?
1: So I say the biggest thing is just know the rules of the contest and how it's set up. And the best thing you can do to prep is kind of sit at the contest yourself. So I know at Minnesota, what we like to do is they have like a a press conference. And if you read the rules, you'll know what I'm talking about. And you'll sit in the press conference and the kids will get a media kit with some pictures and um, videos and text that they can use to create a website or a blog post or a write-up, like a news article um, or a video and they'll kind of be in those different practicum areas and the best thing you can do is sit in on one of those press conferences so you know what it's like and kind of look at the materials with the mm-hmm. students um, after the contest and see what they came up with, um, especially as a newbie. I know for me, my journey to that contest is kind of unique because um, in high school, it was a three-person contest and two of my friends in high school wanted to do that contest and my teacher had no idea what the contest was, so he's like, if you're doing it, like, you're doing it, so he just kind of set us off, and we we taught ourselves, and we we won that contest at state, and then we actually won the national contest that year too. You, so <laughs> all right, you
0: just keep that out until now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was um, no, it's such a fun contest, and uh, the kids that I have on the team really get into it. And, um, at first, the, a couple of those kids did egg sales last year and the year before, and they're able to apply those skills pretty sure well you're. in the contest and. Um, sorry, I got a little bit off track, but um, the contest itself I would just know how the press conference is set up and then my biggest tip would be um, YouTube. I know I posted one or two sample press conference videos on my YouTube channel that you can watch and then basically develop materials from that press conference um, so that they can create the, whatever the practicum area is. So this year it's um, a press release, a video, a blog post and a website so those kids would work on those four practicums using the materials given from that press conference. So at Minnesota this year it was about um, Minnesota corn growers came in and they talked a little bit about their young member program and gave them videos and dummy text and pictures. And then those kids went into that practicum room and developed those materials that they could then use mm-hmm. in real life, the Minnesota corn growers could use in real life to promote their new member program. So it's a very applicable contest. And another piece of advice I'd have too is just really make it applicable to the kids mm-hmm. because some of those kids love Facebook and Twitter and mm-hmm. social media. And this contest is a perfect streamline for any career relating to that area. It's the perfect gateway. and. Um, the kids really enjoy it, especially when they realize that it's impacting the entire agriculture community. Um, and then once you get Minnesota dropped this part of the contest, but once you get to the national contest, you have to develop a media plan and mm-hmm. do a presentation or a pitch related to that media plan. Mm-hmm. And um, the biggest piece of advice I'd have there is have the kids find one um, topic that really excites them. So each year there's a different scenario. So this year it's develop a media plan um, relating to a commodity um, in your state that's special. And so my kids right now are thinking of a commodity that they can get excited about because they have Mm -hmm. to write 30 plus pages about this commodity and how they're going to (laughs) promote it. And so if they're they're writing about cotton and they're not excited about cotton, then it's going to be miserable for them and for the presentation of the judges. So find something you can get excited about that can blow their socks off.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so the part that I struggled with, and this was the first year that I had students compete, was, um, you know, you have like a web developer, you have a video, you have um, a journalistic writer and an opinion writer. Mm -hmm. How do you have your kids like practice those skills?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things I like to do too, just going back to the classroom component is... In um, all of my classes, especially because ACOM is something I'm so passionate about, I try to integrate those basic concepts in my classes. So, my fish and wildlife class, instead of doing a test on something after a debate, um, might write an opinion blog. And I'll teach about the inverted pyramid and o- opening up with the really important details and then going down to the less important, like details that support that big um, idea of the blog. And I'll teach those basic concepts in class and find kids that really excel at it and encourage them to participate in the, the CDE. But um, going to those specific practicum roles, um, what I like to do is I have a series that I've developed personally about um, just different practicum topics. So I did one of like a local school wants to create a new egg program or um, fictitious Organization comes in to talk about a new social media campaign, like just different ones I've developed. I'm going to share those too, Um, and all of the materials that go with it, kind of like the actual contest itself. Mm -hmm. And then the kids just kind of get in and get dirty with that those content materials, and Mm -hmm. give them 90 minutes to go make that press conference practicum um, on their laptop. And generally, the way I structure the practices is um, every week they'll have an editing test and the communication test because those are two other little components and We'll go over the answers as a group. Then afterwards, I'll do the 20 to 30 minute press conference presentation, and um, sometimes I'll use ones that are video recorded on the internet too that I found. Um, And then I'll give them those supplemental materials, and then they will go ahead and do that either at home, or perhaps if we have Mm -hmm. 90 minutes, we'll just do it there and knock it out. And then the really cool thing that the kids actually really like is they peer review each other. So I print oh, off the grading idea. rubrics okay. for every practicum and either at the ne- next practice or at the end of that practice, depending on when we decide we want it new, um, the kids will exchange practicums and say, wow, I really liked how you used this tool here. Or I liked how... Um, that was a nice like fade out on your video, or they'll kind mm-hmm. of critique each other's, and it's also kind of cool, because they all sat in the same press conference by me, mm-hmm. so they know like, well I picked up on something that you didn't pick up on, like a mm-hmm. quote or a fact or statistic, um, and talking about how they communicate or relate that. It's pretty cool, because they, they overall, like between the four of them, especially when they're getting started, kind of miss some of the important things from that press conference, but each of them kind of extracts something that's important, and then we can say, well, how can we have better listening skills during that press conference, so we can extract all of those important details and put it all together. Um, the kids really, that's their favorite part about the contest, I think, is working together and giving each other the feedback
0: on those press conference practicums. So. Sure, that's awesome. Oh, I'm like my phone. <coughs> that makes it—that makes so much more sense. And even, we usually are kind of strapped for time when it comes to practicing, so being able to send stuff home with kids right. seems like such an easy thing, and then being able to maybe spend a 20-minute practice, like, critiquing or whatever and, like, going over stuff. That's awesome. You need to, like, get a teacher paid teacher's account and start, like, <laughs> selling your materials. That sounds awesome. Um, anything, any other tips for aid communications?
1: Uh, start early. That's another one, too. Mm-hmm. So I know when I did it as a high school student, um, we had to write a media plan as well as the um, – practicums and everything else that goes with the contest but Minnesota actually removed the media plan presentation this year um, but that didn't start stop our start time like we we started right away when the kids said they wanted to do it um, because it takes a lot of practice and I think um, before my team went to the contest we had done like 15 or 20 practice sessions, like whether that was a whole press conference or not, um, just sitting down and getting together and practicing. Another thing too, another random tip is find articles or tips and tricks. I know for me, I'm always on my phone. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, like all the social media. You'll see a lot of things sometimes that are about like interviewing Mm principles or you'll see something about 10 tips for writing a blog or like random things about social media I'll literally just take a screenshot of it to remind myself to send that to my kiddos or I'll just send it right on an email to the four of them and say, hey, check out this article if you got a second. And just getting those little sound bites once in a while and yeah. sending them that material sometimes yeah. is pretty helpful and they kind of like that. So,
0: sure. Okay, I do have one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, for the four different roles, do you, ha- do you pick which kid's going to do what role and they stick with it? while you're practicing or do you have kids take different roles um, while they're practicing?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think what's important with this contest is making sure that the kids are passionate and excited about what they're doing. And at first, um, this is actually a great example too. I had uh, four people on my a communication team and one of them wanted was very excited about the video and one of them was very excited about the website. But about halfway through our practice time or about two or three weeks in, um, they realized that they, number one, weren't the most talented at it, but number two, they just didn't like it, and it was a chore for them. And we basically said, well, if you guys want to switch, you can switch, and they'll kind of switch. And the first week, I like to let them just do a practicum just for kicks and giggles and say well which one do you like the best and some of them will try a little bit of one a little bit of another and a little bit of another and they'll just say well I think I'm best at the opinion writing and they will decide as a team who's doing what Mm -hmm. and then if they want to swap that they make that call so I I like to provide them with the knowledge in all four areas and then have them kind of pick and um I worked with a few teams like obviously my own team but then a couple other teams and then myself when I was in the contest and it just works so much more smoothly when the kids get to kind of explore and the fit usually seems pretty natural Um, once they I haven't really had any problems where kids were fighting about oh I want to be the opinion writer I want to be this or this (laughs) it's just kind of generally the the contest kind of attracts four different personalities and those four personalities kind of fit perfectly into the practicum areas without too
0: much fighting so sure and you're saying maybe the first couple of weeks they're kind of testing out figuring what they want and then everyone kind of falls into place and then from there on out they're in their positions Mm -hmm. okay cool well I'm excited to try this contest next year with the knowledge that you've given me (laughs) um to be able to get a little closer to where your team is at (laughs) um I also know that you are would I say a fanatic about Parley Pro?
1: Yes. I mean, absolutely. what is your
0: Instagram handle? Is there a second? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about Parley. What do you like about it? What do you think is beneficial for the kiddos? Um, Parley, to be a hundred percent honest, is something that I stay away from because <laughs> it scares me, but it also is on my thing. It's on my list of things to learn in 2020. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and just tell us a little bit about how you got into Parley, what do you like about it, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so it goes back to my ninth grade A class and Ms. Tossel teaching us about Parley procedure. And she pulled me aside and said, you should do novice parliamentary procedure. Now it's conduct of chapter meetings. But um, I did that with a couple of my friends, and we loved it. Um, we weren't quite... Um, at a, like the best level when we competed, but it was a lot of fun. And I remember one of my friends standing up and giving a, a two-minute debate about manure. We were talking about at the county fair, and she was like, I don't think we should go to the county fair because there's going to be manure everywhere, and I don't like manure. And, like, obviously at that point we weren't, like, the most skilled, but it was a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed it. And um, I just kind of did it for all four years of high school. And um, now that I'm a teacher, I love infusing it into my classes and um, I did it in college, we had a collegiate parley pro team with the egg Ed club and we did that for a year and I've judged uh, state and regional contests, I've helped at the national contest a couple times, so it's a lot of fun and it just, the kids really get into it. Um, in my classroom I like to put it in my intro to Egg class obviously, but then also just little bombshells of information in some of my other classes like in, in Fish and Wildlife for example we'll do debates. Sometimes mm-hmm. and I'll kind of structure it like you're supposed to in the contest and say, open up with an opening statement, like say, if you're in favor or against whatever we're talking about, give three key ideas and then close off with telling people how they should think. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets that in their brain. And then I can kind of see, hmm, maybe there's a couple kids in this class who'd be good at Parley or a couple mm-hmm. kids in this class. And then an intro, we do the whole gamut of Parley. So we start off and um, we talk a little bit about what opening and closing ceremonies are and just what in general parliamentary procedure is, like the purpose of it. And then we'll get into motions and we'll go over all of the motions of the conduct of chapter meetings contest and all of the salient points, like is there for a second amending, debating, what type of vote does it require? And then kind of go over some of the scripts And then we'll throw in debates and I'll teach debate and then we'll do a couple of in-class activities with that and then I'll actually bring out starbursts and the kids will move to add yellow starburst or red starburst or pink starburst and amend and I'll put on the smart board like a script in case they forget how to make a motion Um, and then they can just stand up and say Mr. President I move to amend the motion by striking up four and inserting two so that if passed it would read that we add two red starbursts to the bag Mm -hmm. starbursts and um The kids really get into that, and that's kind of Starburst I find are really nice kind of entry level because everyone likes Starburst, at least in my experience. (laughs) And then the next day we'll do trail mix, so then it gets a little bit more advanced, and we'll do cranberries and raisins and peanuts and um, Chex Mix and all the trail mix ingredients. And they'll add or remove, and we just finished that up right before winter break actually. Um, And then what we'll do afterwards is they'll actually do the whole conduct of chapter meetings contest. So they're going to have to study... All of the motions there's only like eight of them so it's not like super overwhelming yeah. but it's enough for them to need to know their stuff and um, they'll flip over a sheet of paper and they'll have a motion highlight and they'll have to do that with their teammates um, and then it'll be a, a team grade and obviously it's not going to be out of like the full 800 points but we'll dial it back and then kind of counts as a test grade for them and the kids are really competitive and they really like it um, in class and they'll probably do some things that are not the most parliamentary, like accurate, and they'll call kids out a turn and they'll make <laughs> motions that are like, we should not do this, and you're not supposed to have no's or nots in your motions, but yeah. in that group, I just kind of let it ride, and if they want to get more technical, then they'll do it, and some of the kids in that class are actually on the parley or conduct team, so it's kind of fun watching them take leadership in class and teach yeah. their classmates a little bit, sure. um, and I mean, at this point, Everyone in the class, every student in the class has made at least four motions and six oh, speeches in front of everyone. So they feel pretty comfortable with it. A lot of them aren't even using their notes anymore or looking at the smart board. So okay. um, it's a lot of fun and the kids really enjoy it. So that's what matters.
0: How long do you spend in class on um, Parliament? You said this was your inter- introduction to agriculture class. Yep. How long do you spend on it?
1: We spent about two weeks on it before winter break, and we'll finish up after winter. So about three weeks, probably. Okay.
0: And um, you're just doing Parliamentary procedure. You're not doing anything else during the classes. Yeah. And then
1: we do, okay. we do a couple little things. Like my intro class, will do this thing called FFA Fridays, where kids mm-hmm. are assigned like a segment of the, the manual, and they'll do a little 10-minute activity to teach the class about it. We have a couple of those thrown in there. And then um, I think we did one day of like agri-science fair work. But other than that, it's okay. been um, – pretty much all partly and the kids love it. So I haven't heard any complaints yet, which is always a plus.
0: So do you teach the class for a whole year or do you just teach it for a semester?
1: A semester. Okay. So the way I, the way I structured it this year, and I actually really like it, um, we started off with, like, the basic, like, what is agriculture, and they made little collages and yeah. stole that from my egg teacher, too, in high school. Yeah. And then we did um, about two weeks on each of the pathways, um, some of the pathways. We okay. didn't do mechanics and a couple of the other ones just because of the safety.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just, we don't want to take up that much time of the class to do that. We have an intro to egg mechanics class they can take instead. But we did plant science, biotechnology, animal science, the, all the key basic ones. and yeah. then. Um, I really did I think I did a nice job at the end spending a day like applying it to careers and other classes they can take sure. in the program because a lot of the kids in that class are ninth tenth graders and they're like yep. looking for more classes to take mm-hmm. so I'm like well if you liked cutting this cow open take vet science or yeah. take animal science or whatever and then um, they can kind of pick classes that way um, so we did that for about the first half of the class and the second half has been um, parliamentary procedure communication leadership what is FFA that kind of stuff and then the whole semester, they work on an agro science fair project. So,
0: okay. yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about agro science fair. How are you setting that up in your class?
1: <laughs> um, it's a little bit of a struggle <laughs> bus for me right now. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to modify my requirements a little bit for next semester, at least the way I approach it. But what I did this year um, is every kid in the beginning of the semester came up with a question. Um, Related to agriculture that they wanted to solve. So um, they turned that in I gave them some feedback. And then basically I had them do the first half of the research paper and turn that in um, at the end of the first quarter. And then I read it, gave them lots of feedback, and then I returned it. And then they basically conducted their experiment at home, and that was their SAE project. So every kid in the school, or in the school, I wish, every kid in my <laughs> egg program does an SAE project, and um, I really push egg science fair in my middle school class and in my intro to egg class, Yeah. Um, just because it's kind of a neat way for kids who don't have a job or mm-hmm. um, something to get exposed to what SAE is all about. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding that it's a little bit overwhelming, especially if they're working in pairs or even if they're working in pairs to coordinate. Um, mm-hmm. I have a seventh grader and a 10th grader who are brothers and they're even struggling and they live in the same house as each other to sure. like coordinate. So I think next semester, what I'm going to try to do or next time I teach Intro to egg, um, is structured to be a little bit more in class. So I have a couple kids who sure. grew plants in the greenhouse and they just go water them before class and take their observations. And those are the groups that were more successful, I think, with the assignment than the okay. ones who did things completely out. So um, yeah, I'm gonna try to have it a little bit more in class next, next time I teach it, um, just to kind of help those kids out a
0: little bit more. Sure. It's also on my list of things to do, so <laughs> <laughs> I even bought the um, agri-science fair in a box from Sarah Nursewick, so ag teacher how-tos. I think I'm gonna implement it my second semester here with some of my kiddos. So. Yeah we'll see how it goes but I think it is like you said a really great opportunity for some of those kids who are not plugged into an SAE, need some experience need some um way to connect to agriculture a little bit more and a little bit deeper um for them to be able to do that so I'm hopeful. <laughs> yeah
1: it's a lot of fun the kids the kids really like it um especially when they have the aha moment of like my hypothesis was right or my hypothesis was maybe not the most correct thing and here's why and um, it's, it's really cool to kind of sit back and watch them take the leadership in it and kind of learn along the way instead of um, me just standing up at the front of the room and saying okay step one you need to do this step two you need to do this like they are yeah. designing their own experiment mm-hmm. and while I do a little bit of pre-teaching on how to set up an experiment like what sure. a hypothesis is like they do most of the work and that makes yeah. my job as the teacher kind of a little bit easier yeah. um, but obviously you can always modify and make it a little bit easier for the kids and that's kind of what I'm learning right now um So,
0: yeah, so you are really, really passionate about teaching, and I'm just curious, being in your first year of teaching, what has been, like, your best teacher moment so far, and I know I'm just throwing this at you, so sometimes (laughs) it's kind of hard to think about, like, what is that best moment so far this year, or maybe something... It doesn't even have to be your best moment. Maybe something that was blissfully unexpected or maybe... Or you could go the opposite. What was, like, your most terrible point so far? Like, this is not what I expected.
1: Man, that's really hard.
0: I can tell you... So my first experience at the school I teach at now my worst experience it was within the first week and i was like what did i get myself into (laughs) um i was waiting the class was like kind of loud and i was like all right i will just wait until everyone is quiet and a sweet girl who i grew to really really like and enjoy um but did not know her at that point stood up and said b word you be waiting a while and i was like oh I did not even know how to take it. Um, So that was one of the moments where I was like, what am I doing teaching? This is not what I signed up for. Um, And especially the school that I moved from to teach where I teach now. I was like, this is not. And it ended up being all good and all fine. And I love where I teach. But that was one of those moments where I was like, this is going south quick. (laughs) Do you have one you can think of or are you drawing a blank? i know i'm just hitting. i'll think of i can we like cut i'm just trying to think um i mean has teaching been
1: good
0: to you so far
1: oh absolutely i really enjoy teaching and seeing the kids every day and working with them and um obviously like um, my cooperating teacher told me this during student teaching that you're gonna have like really high highs and really low lows and it's just about balancing it and like you're really never gonna have a day that's meh like it's either gonna be a really good day or like a a really tough day like it's pretty hard to be in the middle sometimes so um you know I would say one of the coolest teaching experiences I've had so far is actually in the work experience class I'm teaching and it's kind of interesting because I don't really get to see those kids that often because they're they check in with me and then they go out to work yeah. Um, and I don't really have them in class that much, Yeah, but, um, I do take them for the first couple weeks of the semester. Um, and then we just talk about like how to write a resume and a cover letter and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the semester, we haven't done this yet, but they'll come in and do an exit interview with me and talk about what they've learned, what their challenges were, yep. whatever. Um, and just I would say one of the coolest things for me has been going out to those workplaces mm-hmm. and seeing those kids in action mm-hmm. or I'll go over to the pizza shop and one of the work experience kids will be making my pizza and I'll talk to them about what, what they're doing at work and I'll meet their boss and I'll talk with them for a little mm-hmm. bit and just the small town connections in that community yeah. are really neat. Um, and I'm really excited to listen to their exit interviews at the end of the semester and kind of hear what, what they've learned and what I've seen and what I've heard from their bosses and what I've heard from um, others in the community about the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really exciting. Um, another really cool thing for me has been just SAE visits in general. So the kids that aren't in the work experience class, but, um, I have a couple kids who work at a high tunnel oh,
0: over awesome. at the college and
1: we have a community college literally just blocks away from, from school. And, um, Two of my rockstar students work there, and it's been a lot of fun over the summer, especially going and helping them. They installed an irrigation system, and they worked on the harvesting of the strawberries and all this stuff, so it's been pretty rewarding just learning from them and um, working with those two um, with their high tunnel project over the summer. So,
0: mm-hmm. I, That does remind me, um, when I was teaching, my first place where I taught um, was a lot more rural than St. Paul um and i remember i really appreciated i was doing work based learning um at that school and i re- like that was one of my favorite things too is going out and seeing the kids like working and they always seemed so proud of like mm-hmm. where they were working and what they were doing and then it, it was a different it's a different connection than what you're making with those students in the classroom yeah um and oftentimes it's you're meeting their family members or um, people who are supporting them um, and that part is cool as well. Um, one student and I went out to visit his family farm where he was working, and his grandma made us all breakfast. Cause there was a couple of kids. Like it mm-hmm. was that that part. Like I don't know. You don't. I don't get that in the cities, and I miss it. Cause I think that's a really cool, um, unique thing about agriculture teachers. So I would agree with you. That's a really really fun part. Really enjoyable. Part.
1: I know that's not, like, the typical, like, oh, my <laughs> students came in and impacted me, but, like, no. it's so cool just to kind of go out and see those kids applying things, and I have some of them in class, and I have some of them in no classes, but it's yeah. cool seeing them apply skills that they're learning in their A class or their business classes Absolutely. or their shop classes in um, an environment that isn't in school, Yeah. so that's been a pretty rewarding part of my job, and I was pretty... Nervous when I found out I was doing work-based learning on top of A and on top of <laughs> FFA. But honestly, that's been one of the biggest perks of my job, I would say, is just working with those kids and helping them be successful. And yeah. especially some of the kids in that class who may be special needs learners and don't, don't learn as well in an in-class yeah. environment. But the fact that I get to help them develop a resume and a cover letter and work one-on-one with them and then go see them at a job and then hopefully get them on track for something else after high school is pretty, pretty rewarding, I think.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. Um, this question's a little bit <laughs> from out of nowhere as well, but I'm just curious, do you feel like there's anything in agriculture education that you would change or improve or switch up? Any of the above?
1: I think one of the biggest things was, and it's being worked on right now, was the SAEs and making those more accessible for kids. And I, I'm I'm, still new to it, but the SAE for all is something I'm trying to implement um, this spring in my plant science class and a couple of the other ones, um, just to make those SAEs a little bit more accessible um, for kids. Um, I also think that... Um, being more intentional about who we're attracting to the profession and how we're attracting them to the profession is important too. So every day in my classroom, I try to be as positive and uplifting and exciting as possible. Um, But it can be challenging sometimes, especially Mm -hmm. when you have 85 unread emails and a fruit sale going on (laughs) and you're sick and there's missing school for three days this week. And it can be really overwhelming, but um, every day I try to be intentional about smiling and greeting students at the door and being positive and um, I think sometimes for us ag teachers it can be easy for us to be kind of grouchy and grumpy and like bitter about some things that really don't matter in the end Mm -hmm. um like I know sometimes at CDE contests or when I'm with other teachers like I can just hear them complain about oh my gosh well we were only two points away or this happened or this happened it's like like in the grand scheme of things the kids had fun the kids enjoyed it they they learned a lot and um just not getting hung up on those little details and making sure that we're positive so that yeah. Um, we can kind of fill the teacher desk when we retire when we move on to other things and um that's something I'm trying to work on and I think that as a whole um as egg teachers we can work on that a little bit too each day so
0: yeah yeah absolutely um I my like motto that I've adopted this year from another agriculture teachers it's all good like it's <laughs> all good it doesn't matter it's all good no matter what happens it's gonna be good so um did I just hear you when you were just talking, you were talking about your first year teacher, but when people retire, we gotta fill those spots. You're like <laughs> thinking way ahead, that's so awesome. Um, I do really think that's being intentional about that though is really important because my agriculture teacher um, pulled me aside in his office and was like, I really think you need to be an agriculture teacher. And I was like, you're crazy, I'm not <laughs> doing that job. Like, I'm not doing it, there's so much. Um, But I was so like invested in, like I so much enjoyed the teaching aspect and I so much enjoyed the content aspect. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate you saying that it is important that we are aware of how we're presenting ourselves to the students. Mm Because I think that I absolutely, like for myself sometimes get caught up in, I've just been gone for three days, I came back, I'm sick again, I don't want to be out again. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of papers to grade. And it's so easy to just be like, I can't do this, I'm <laughs> grumpy, I like, can't deal with all of the student issues and whatever else. So I think, it's, I think it's a really good, important reminder to being intentional about how you are in the classroom. And I think sometimes it's okay to be, I mean, honest with students as mm-hmm. well. I think they appreciate the honesty, but also realizing that it's important not to take out like emotions and feelings mm-hmm. on them as well. Got deep quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this agriculture teacher thing, man, it's, yeah. it's difficult. And when you think about, like, so we're from Minnesota, and I feel like we're a little bit more of a laid-back state when it comes to like agriculture education. Um, I was talking at NAAE to some of my friends in Georgia, shout out to Katrina and Sarah, um, and they were just talking to me about like, the expectations for the state that they need to meet in order to, like, uh, I'm not going to say this absolutely perfect, but they have things that they need to meet for the state. So, like, they Mm -hmm. have to have two state degrees submitted every year for their chapter. Um, So many teams, or CDE um, teams competing, a wide variety of things like that. which I think has pros and cons, right? So, like, that gives teachers incentives to create a very rigorous program um, and a rich program, but also puts a lot of stress on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's interesting when you just kind of think about agriculture and being an agriculture teacher and what that looks like. I mean, some of those other schools have, like, school farms, and I, I don't think we have a school farm in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't I don't think that exists. We have a school
1: <laughs> forest at Staples.
0: Oh, I haven't do. been there yet, but we
1: have one. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, we grow, no tru- <laughs> we grow
1: tru- um
0: what is something that you like would want to tell people about education?
1: I would say that education is not a one-size-fits-all, and that goes for the student and the teacher. So for the student, um, one thing that I appreciated about college is when um, our professor would always talk about how you can't have your um, Bloom's taxonomy without your Maslow needs being yes. met first. And I think that um, making sure that meeting kids where they're at, and like, not every kid is going to get 100% on everything you give them, and they shouldn't, otherwise like you're not challenging them enough. But um, yeah you need to make sure that you're meeting your kids where they're at so if they're struggling or if they're really upbeat or wherever they are on the spectrum like you're going to get 30 kids in a class and some of them are going to be at their lowest low and some of them are going to be at their highest high and it's just how can we teach so everyone learns and everyone's having a positive experience without Um, overwhelming or bombarding and that's the big challenge and that's something I'm trying to learn how to do especially with like modifying and um, really tailoring things to the kids and their strengths and what they need in that moment and not necessarily like in five years so like Mm -hmm. helping them day by day and watching the growth over time Um, so that's something I'm working on for one size fits all and then as a teacher too I think one thing um, some people get caught up on is trying to be like somebody else or trying to be like Mm -hmm. another teacher that they like or the person that they're replacing and one thing I'm learning this year especially like coming into a program as a single um, program and replacing somebody who's been there for so long and had such a great impact on the community is you have to be yourself and the kids are going to see right through you if you're trying to be somebody else and Mm -hmm. um, I think it's one thing to like Work with the kids and see what their interests are and learn from them. But it's another thing to go in there and just act like you are this professional hunter, this professional fisher if you like haven't done it in your whole life. And that that's where I'm at because I'm teaching in a community where everyone goes hunting and fishing and um, does a lot of things outside. I've never done any of that before, so um, I learned pretty quick that I just have to be open and upfront with the kids and say, Mm -hmm. you know, like some people and some teachers in this community are very good with that stuff and. I'm ironically teaching a fish and wildlife class and I've never hunted before. Mm -hmm. So then they get to teach me um, and I'm not trying to be fake or act like I know it all when I don't. So I think the biggest thing that everyone needs to know about education is that it's not one size fits all. Teachers are not cookie cutters. Students are not Mm -hmm. cookie cutters. And um, we just need to be our unique individual selves when we're in the classroom and um, everything will work out the way it should.
0: Yeah. I always like to think too that like, I am very much a people person and I'm very much like wear my heart on my sleeve type of person. Mm -hmm. And so I will like feel bad if a student does not particularly like me. Mm -hmm. But I always have to remind myself like there's a teacher for every student, you know, Mm -hmm. and there might be students that don't necessarily get along with me the best, but there's probably another teacher within our school that they really get along with and vice versa. Um, and so I always try to remind myself that too like I'm not going to be the teacher for everyone mm-hmm. um, and and that's okay so <laughs> um is there anything else that you want to talk about that I didn't ask you anything else that you want to share
1: I think being an egg teacher is one of the most rewarding and fun things anyone could ever do like obviously like I've said like you have your high highs and your low lows but um at the end of the day like if you're satisfied and you're enjoying your career and it's um enjoyable every day like that's that's what matters the most and I think um what keeps me going and I get is the kids and the smiles and the energies that they bring to the classroom and um it can be easy to get overwhelmed with the paperwork and the assignments and the PO requests and the vans and everything else and all (laughs) the little details that come with teaching but um sit back at the end of the day or during your prep period and just realize like wow like these kids are learning something and they're having fun like that's what what matters the most and that's why I enjoy teaching egg, and that's why I think that um, anybody who has a passion for most importantly kids but then also agriculture, leadership, food, natural resources, whatever it may be within AFNR, um, it's the perfect career for anyone and um, I have a couple of kids that want to become ag teachers themselves um, in my classes and it's super fun just to have them come after class and pick my brain about, like, why did you do it this way? Or they'll ask me questions and um, kind of remind me of what I did to my egg teachers when I was in high school. So it's it's kind of <laughs> cool to see that, too. And um, at the end of the day, it's one of the best th- decisions I've ever made is to be an egg teacher. And I'm really excited for whatever's in store.
0: You, like, close that out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do have my final three questions that I like to ask everyone. And that's, I just like to ask it because I like to get to know... Um, my guests a little bit more and I think our listeners really enjoy it as well. So first question that I have is who has had the most influence on your teaching career?
1: Um, I have two people for this one. I'm you gonna start off.
0: You can't do that. No, You I'm can't have kid. two? No, okay. You can two. I'll have two then.
1: <laughs> So my first is gonna be my one of my high school egg teachers, Mr. Miron. Um, he's been huge impact on my life um, like personally and professionally as a teacher. Um, he's one of the people who inspired me to be an egg teacher, but he's also just there all the time to, to chat or vent mm-hmm. and talk to, and um, he's just a great person all around, and I'm super grateful that I had him as a mentor, and I still have him as a mentor. My second one, obviously, is my mother, so <laughs> <laughs> she told me not to take that A class in ninth grade, but besides that, she's been very supportive of me throughout the whole process of I'm becoming an egg teacher and being an egg teacher now, and um, I always like to joke with her, like, well, what if I would have taken wood shop instead, or like, what if I would have done this, and um, it's just crazy how little decisions like that can have such a profound impact, so I'm really grateful for her and all the food she sends me and all the emotional support and um, everything, so really grateful for her, so.
0: Everywhere across the U.S., moms are grabbing their <laughs> hearts. <laughs> um, okay, Next one, and this is because I like to think I'm a foodie. Um, but your favorite, like your go to um order at your favorite restaurant.
1: So, my favorite restaurant is Taco Bell, (laughs) which is pretty bad, but I
0: think I knew this. It's so
1: good, and I always have to go with their whatever their five dollar box is at the time. Normally, it's the best bang for your buck. You'll get a drink and usually like three tacos and maybe a dessert or something in there too. And it's a good deal and it fills you up. It's pretty good. I'm probably going to go there later today, actually. So um, unfortunately, we don't have any Taco Bells up in Staples. The closest one is 45 minutes away in Brainerd, but our Burger King is awful and staples so i'm trying to convince a couple of my uh high achieving kids to open up a taco bell oh, franchise yeah, for go. their sae <laughs> yeah. and that could be a great work experience i could do a lot of visits there yes. then so um <laughs> yeah. the kids the kids um love taco bell too so that's a fun way to kind of kind of connect with them um, but cool. yeah always get the box combo when they have nacho fries too that's always a plus but they're away right now so <laughs>
0: <laughs> i appreciate that that's a good one um last question what are three of your simple joys
1: so my faith and my religion is really big. I'm a Catholic, and so I, I try to live that out. My models or my, motto, are my um, mm-hmm. personal mission every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also enjoy just being outside, so I'm not like a huge hunter or fisher, but um, I recently picked up kayaking, okay. so I got a kayak for Christmas. I'm super pumped to use that out <laughs> on Dower Lake and some of the lakes up in Staples this summer. Yeah. Um, my third one is just being with friends and family and surrounded by the people I love and care about that's huge and um, going not only just to like hang out with friends but also like egg teacher conferences and things like that is just super rewarding and fun and um, just being surrounded by people who support you and care about you is just always a huge bucket filler for me so
0: I echo that 100% that's a huge bucket filler for me as well so if people want to get a hold of you they want to connect with you how can they find you?
1: yeah so um, I'm on all the social media, so I have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter handle is is there a second so just like <laughs> just like the parley, yep, yeah, so is there a second? Um, yeah, so I'm willing to share like any I don't have a ton because I'm just a newbie, but any resources or anything um, for acom or for any of the contests I've been helping with, uh, just feel free to send me an email or a message and I'm willing to help out so.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing all of your awesome tips, tricks, wisdom, thoughts, all of that. I really enjoyed having you today and hopefully I can get close to your A communications team next year.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You just finished listening to Egg with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama at two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover or view, yeah, you... <laughs> Want to be a guest, you can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.